so so you know matt you were saying that today yeah you felt like you felt experienced something new thought some thought about something new from today's teaching about triggers and pause and what what was that yeah, I just thought it was so critical of saying when we get into a rhythm of pausing, it's it's beautiful and it's great. Um, but then here's here's kind of the when you can apply that pause when it's outside of your regular regular ritual or regular uh, rhythms of of pausing. It's that oh, this triggers, and now I can actually respond to that trigger rather than allowing the trigger to drive me. I get to choose and, and to in, in, invite the Holy spirit into that process is a beautiful, beautiful, uh, enlightenment. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. So, so in other words, you have your practice sessions, um, but then, then you have the time. <laughs> oh, here's Jerry Lout. He's hopping on. You have the time where you dropped your iPad and that's your trigger. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't see Jerry. Can you guys see Jerry? No, I would venture to say that we're probably the panelists and they are unseen, maybe listening. Uh, okay. Well, well I, I guess we should say if anybody has a question, they can shoot it into the chat. Yep. We can answer any specific question. I think also what we've been doing and talking about, there's, there's just multiple layers and multiple steps to it. And you know, when we talk about, you know, practicing uh, centering prayer or contemplation, you know, there's that, pra- there's that doing it when you don't need to do it. You know, it's, it's, you do it because you're practicing. It's, uh, it's going into the weight room before you even get out onto the field. You know, you, you just set your timer for three to five minutes and then you you practice what you were talking about today guile where things come into your mind and you let those float through and then you center back on either a scripture or the face of jesus or whatever you're using at the moment you know to to bring you back and and you just you go through that process for your three to five minutes and and then you just do that just like you you fast or you, you, uh, study the Bible or whatever. And, um, sometimes God speaks to you. Sometimes he doesn't, but that's not the purpose at that point. And then when life happens, when you need to pause or center yourself or whatever language you want to use, you can. And then you go through a scenario like what you took us through today. And, and that's, like I say, there's a lot going on there. And I'd, and I'd love to hear, you know, if anybody has any questions about how all that kind of fits and works together, I know that any one of us can answer those questions. Well, one of the things um, I like that you say, Mike, is you've coached me on how to pause and, and, and be able to, you know, have the trigger happen. And then bring the attention back to Jesus is this fascinating idea of being able to think about what you want to think about when you want to think about it. Um, so in other words, being able to control your thoughts. And a lot of times I've thought, is that even possible? And I know that it's impossible to filter out thoughts coming in. That stuff just happens. 
but then being able to think about what you want to think about when you want to think about it. Talk, talk, talk about that, Mike. Well, um, look, man, you got, uh, you've got big time corporations in America hiring Zen Buddhists to fly over here to teach their people how to do that. Right. I mean, they just, because they know that there's incredible productivity when people are incredibly focused. That's just the world. They don't even know anything about this. Okay. But, but for us, I mean, the scripture calls us to, to hold every thought captive. I mean, we're not talking about anything that's not out of scripture here. We're not talking about anything uh, that's uh, that Jesus never did or that, that uh, you know, the Bible doesn't call us to do. And, and I think we should also be very clear that this is a specific discipline that we're talking about at this moment. And, and uh, there's no one discipline better than any one discipline. But um, this is a powerful one, especially in our day and age. And um, when you can pay attention to what is on your mind, and then you can let it go out and you put on your mind, on your consciousness, and this, we're not talking about, you know, uh, we're not talking about imagination or anything here. We're just talking about what's on our conscious, what's on our consciousness and being, paying attention to that and, and taking every thought captive. This is a thought. What do I do with it? I'm going to sit in my practice time. I send them all out. And I center back on, for me, the easiest, I'm visual, so it's the face of Jesus. We got people that are word people, and you, like you did today, guy, a scripture verse or three sentences or whatever. And they can, and, and then you center back on to, to Jesus. And that's what the cloud of unknowing calls the naked intent for God. We get back to the main purpose. And then when you can do that, you can put in put on your consciousness whatever you want to put on it when you do this practice of three to five minutes a day and then it gets longer and bigger and and it's not just so that you can do it longer or bigger that that's not the goal the goal is to clear your consciousness of the effects of your emotions and feelings and the what's happening to you to get that out so that you have, you've made space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I mean, this is, and this is just simple uh, praying for healing kind of stuff. You, you know, you just, you got to hear God. Well, how can you hear God better? You do this (laughs) and this gets you out of the way. It gets Satan out of the way. It gets temptation out of the way. It gets the stress of the world out of the way so that you can hear the spirit more clearly and byproduct is you become an incredibly powerful person because you can think about what you want to think about when you want to think about it. And for us, it's to clear the deck for Jesus. That's so go ahead, Matt. Piggyback off that a little bit. What I always tell my students that I, when I go into this process of, of praying and pausing together, it is we are we are fine tuning the um, engagement with the Lord in peace in our uh, Mike would call it the regular practice those those times that are not in triggered triggered format so that we can hear the Lord in peace times um, or in preparation times or in pausing times so that when we get into this wartime or triggered time 
then our response is not of our own nature, but of the Christ indwelling and transformative power of Second Corinthians 3.18, with we with unveiled faces will contemplate the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the image of Christ. So when we sit and contemplate, sit and pause, sit and center, however you want to call it, um, then we become more transformed into the image of Christ so that when we are in the chaos, we are in the trigger, then we respond differently. Looks like we do have some questions already, but uh, Cindy yeah. or Jonathan, do you have anything to, to say about just to kind of kick us off? Well, being, in, being the newbie at this, I think it's, <laughs> I'm learning that it comes in layers and like God was really gentle at first. And now I'm feeling like he, he's pulling me more in to that and things are getting a little harder and a little more complicated <laughs> to where, wow, to take the time to practice. I wish I was better at that because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm needing it more. And that, that would be my question back to you guys too, just fundamentally how, you know, when life is so busy and so crazy and people are just starting out in all of this, you know, how do you, how do you remember that this, you have to practice or this isn't going to get better? You know, you have to, you have to do it in the peacetime so you can do it during the battle. It's, it's hard for me. I find pain is a great teacher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's just like, how many times do you want to suffer <laughs> without, without Jesus help? <laughs> how many times do you want to run into the wall and, and, uh, and say, you know, also I think any habit, it's so important that we set achievable goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Otherwise, you get discouraged and don't make any progress. And so it's like when I started running, I started running again about seven years ago, and I was in horrible shape. But the best I could do was run a quarter mile, um, and then I'd have to walk. So that was my goal, run a quarter mile. And then after a few weeks, I'd run a half a mile and then walk. Now, I'm eight years in now. I can run five miles without stopping. But it 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 took years to do that. But if I tried to run eight miles right away, it'd be awful. So, you know, like we've been talking about doing five minutes a day. Most of us probably have a drive time where we could do that. Um, Shoot, just in the shower, (laughs) you know, or whatever. Um, uh, There are things that we can do to practice. And one comment I was going to make that's kind of tangential, but not really, um, is uh, lust, guys and lust. I remember as a kid being so just tormented uh, by the whole thing of not seeing anything and, and what's been so powerful about learning to be able to turn focus away from something that's even sinful. Um, and to Jesus is so liberating that, um, uh, and I think I want to address, uh, Lindsay had put up a question here and I'm going to press this button that says answer live, um, uh, that, you know, Lindsay, you said that sometimes there's a trigger that happens. You, you just don't have any chance to contemplate pausing and they, then you bam, feel shame. Um, 
uh, right after it happens, and that can even linger for a couple of days. Uh, one of the things I'd like to address is that uh, the way our brains are, uh, we can't control necessarily what comes into their uh, into our minds. I mean, you, you know, we can at some level. You know, you can choose not to watch a show or to watch a show, but things just happen. Thoughts come, uh, things come our way, and temptations come. And so just because a a thought comes into our mind um, doesn't mean we are morally responsible for it. Um, It's just a temptation. And then the joy of that is, is that, because, well, that happened. I saw that. And so I'm going to immediately, as fast as I can remember, invite Jesus into it. Um, And, and if I sinned at all, end of the process i don't mess around i just get to repenting i just say jesus i'm sorry i saw that and here's the powerful thing he will forgive us now and it's done there's nothing to pay for he's the one doing it um and man Lindsay, i i i can so relate to that sense of lingering shame uh and i think lust is a good example at least uh, for guys oh man Satan wants to keep us in the shame and keep our focus on that. We get to Jesus as fast as we can. So whatever that thing is, get back to Jesus, ask forgiveness, and you are forgiven, and it's done. And then if the thoughts continue to come, this is your chance to practice. Like whether the shameful thoughts is just Jesus. Just keep staying there with Jesus. Um, and, And he'll help that stuff dissipate. Um, Mike, you've helped me a lot with this, you know, the, the shame piece and forgiveness. Can you, can you address that a little bit? Yes. I think that, um, I, sometimes I'll have people come to me and they're just like, I haven't heard God for weeks. He's not talking to me. And, and, um, my first thought is, well, you're probably not asking God to forgive you very much because if you ask God to forgive you, he will forgive you and tell you you are forgiven you are loved i am walking with you and a lot of that is a it's a theological issue it's a personal issue we're still trying to earn our grace we're still trying to earn our forgiveness and we want to beat ourselves up because we think that if we don't feel bad then how can we be forgiven um the grace of God is powerful and our holiness only comes because he's the one that brings that forgiveness and he sustains, he resets that holiness and he resets that relationship. He does that. And uh, the longer, like Guy said, the longer we stay in shame, the longer we're out there on our own, you know, uh, that's when more temptation comes. It just piles on. And the quicker you get to that love and grace of God, the better. And, and I think some things that I've also, you know, mentioned, you know, guy, when we've talked about it is you, it could, like you said, it could be any, it could be any discipline, anything that God calls us to, if he's wooing us, like Cindy, he's pulling you in. Well, that's the Holy spirit pulling you in. This is how I want to connect with you, Cindy. This is how I want to show you my love and mercy and grace, because I'm putting this discipline I'm calling you to this discipline right now. 
it could be a hundred. It could be any discipline that he wants to call you to so that he could dissipate that, uh, that shame or that fear or that guilt. Mm-hmm. But I've found the quickest is repentance and asking God to forgive me. It's like, get there as quick as you can. Why in the world do I want to fast 30 days so that I can break shame? It takes me 30 days to break shame when I can believe God's going to forgive me right now and get it done this second, this moment. That's good, Nick. And, and you know, I think there's a practice to that. When Mike started, you, when you started talking to me about repenting, I was like, wait, what a second. What, I, what are you, why are you talking about asking forgiveness all the time? And I, I didn't like it. And then I started to realize, oh, I'm blowing a lot of energy uh, trying to talk God into why everything's okay and you don't need to be mad at me. When the bottom line is he loves me in my sin. Yes. He loved me before I got a single thing right. Romans 5, 8. While we're yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So love is not in question. And so, um, <laughs> so asking forgiveness right away is the immediate. I'm realized everything's okay. I'm free. Everything's yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's transforming. It's so simple, but but it is so powerful to know. Oh, I'm forgiven, and then I can recenter on Jesus. Whatever that uh, focus is that the Lord's helping with to keep my attention on Christ. I think it's also, and I'll just real quick, and I'll be quiet here, but I think it's super important that we're not talking about cheap grace here. We're not talking about God loves me and forgives me. I can do anything I want. No, 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 absolutely not. It is me saying I have sinned, whatever it is. I did not trust you, whatever it is, I have sinned. See, cheap grace is when you say, oh, God, you just presume on God's love. He, he, I can do anything I want, and he's still going to love me and forgive me. That is not the gospel. That is not the way he set it up. So, And, and that's all. I won't go any more into that. Matt, you had something you want to say. And we got a couple other questions yeah, here I that just, we can get to. For me, even, with, with the idea of shame, um, where can I go from the love of Christ? And it even talks about going above the earth, below the earth, all over. Man, the hills of the mountains, where can I go to escape the love of Christ? I can't go anywhere. And so then even into the, the forgiveness component of going, well, I'm already in there. So I need to be forgiveness. I need forgiveness. And so then I started even inviting the Lord prior to it's like, okay, Lord, I feel like I can't, can't handle this temptation. So I invite you into the presence, your presence into my sin. And, and it was, because I always thought growing up a good Southern Baptist boy that, that uh, God could not look upon sin. And so that's why when Jesus was crucified, that Jesus, that God turned his back from him. And so many times I would, I would keep my own sin in hiddenness, but the beauty of it is that there's nothing beyond his knowledge. And so I just invited him in saying, Lord, you're here right now anyway. Um, So I acknowledge your presence here in the middle of my sin. Um, And Mike, to go back to your point of it, it's not this expression of cheap grace, but of this aspect of going, Lord, I need you in my sin, in my joy, in my sorrow, in my suffering, in my exaltation. All of those, uh, I want your presence in it. Absolutely. I have, I I think it's maybe a question for you guys along these lines. Uh, I think about shame, anger, and fear. 
Uh, I've heard you talk, Guile, about how oftentimes when we pause, those things, those three things are, are like a dragon <laughs> that have been have been hiding in our interior life. But when we pause, those things really rear up, and it can be really scary. I think I think that the reason, one of the main reasons why pausing for contemplative prayer is intimidating to people is because we spend a lot of our lives trying to avoid those three feelings, fear, anger, and shame. So why, why would I sit still (laughs) if I know that those things are going to come up? You know, I don't, I don't like feeling those things. So, um, thinking about, you know, when you're at the beach as a kid and, and the, the waves are coming, you know, you learn, you learn how to go underneath, underneath the waves. But, but I I wonder if there are some people who would love to learn how to practice pausing and being still in God's presence, but they've had experiences where they've tried it and their, their, their own, the, the shame, the fear and the anger has, has emerged in them to such a degree that the, the wave just pummeled them and, um, they had a crisis. And so I wonder if you guys have had that experience where I don't have the, the courage or the character or the wherewithal to actually experience the magnitude of this shame, fear, and anger. And I, I'm trying to sit still with it and I don't know what to do. So I, I think that is like at the nerve of why many people shy, shy away from, uh, uh, contemplative prayer. I wonder if you, you guys could speak to that at all. Well, one thing I'd like to, I'm going to tie in a question here. Um, Mike Jones asked that's, I think, uh, very closely related is sometimes I can't hear God saying anything, but I keep seeing images from my past. And sometimes it's memories I try to avoid. Is that normal? Mm. My first answer, first thing was, yes, that's normal. Um, the second thing is, um, as you know, and we, 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 this group of people on this call, we've been talking about this stuff for so long that we kind of know where we're going to go with all this, but the sheer shame, anger, and fear, um, it's important to recognize that those are actually breadcrumbs to the presence of God, um, that we don't want to avoid them because it's actually those very spots that God wants to meet us. Mm. um and and so what we usually want to do is run from them and maybe and if you're like me i'll apologize to god for them which is crazy where he's actually wanting to say hey, no 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 you're ashamed of this i want to meet you right here mm. um and and because that's actually what's down there down there in the pipes you know in the plumbing of my soul there's actually shame there and and jesus wants to deal with it I have found, and you guys can push back on this, that if I will sit with it with Jesus, I have an initial wave of stuff coming across, and that it usually will then dissipate if I just wait long enough. It could take a long time, but to wait long enough. The other thing I would say to that is it's also really helpful to have, you know, and the, the language can be spiritual director. Mm. Um a pastor, you know, somebody who gets this experience 
who you can talk to about it. Um, you know, so Mike, Mike has functioned that way for me personally a lot to say, Mike, I was freaking out. Is that normal? And it was like, yeah, yeah, that happens. And if you're scared with it, I'm with you. I remember I was telling Mike some scary thoughts I had. And he just said, Mike, Mike, Mike just looked at me and said, gal, I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to love you. <laughs> and all of a sudden I started to be less scared of my inner world. Uh, you know that my inner world isn't stronger than Jesus. Demons aren't stronger than Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is the one doing the work. He's stronger than everybody. And so if we'll invite him in, he can, he can do some really good stuff. Um, so yeah, Mike or Matt or Cindy, you jump in, please. Yeah. I think that, um, you just, it's the power that we have as, you know, spiritual leaders in our church to pronounce forgiveness and to, and to pronounce love. I mean, we get to do that. That's just, that's our, that's a special place. But I also would like to say that to that, um, Jonathan, and you, I'm sure you agree with me. Look, you, we're going to need help. You may need to join celebrate recovery. You may need to sign up for plumb line ministries. Uh, uh, you know, I know I've been there. I've had my spiritual directors and my counselors. I didn't know how to do it. And there are going to be situations where uh, uh, you're going to need to go get some help. And we've got people here on this call and people that are listening in that can point you to the right people that can help walk you through it. And, but the point is, is like God made us, you, you can't, run from it if you want to see more of God. So you got the goal here is, is Jesus. He wants to get the fear, the shame and the guilt out of the way so he can show you more of him. That's it. That's so good. I think that was, that was my, my thought is if we don't ever sit still those things won't won't ever emerge and we won't ever be able to leave the place of prayer to to go and seek help for those things that that shrapnel that we've got in our leg that we've been walking on our whole life because something happened when we were a kid and we've been shoving it down and shoving it down and seeing our whole lives through the lens of these traumatic experiences that happened when we were younger but when you start to practice stillness with god those things emerge and then, you, and then you go and you do the celebrate recovery or you do the counseling or you get a spiritual director or you talk to a pastor and the Lord, the Lord can start to address those, those things in us. But I just, I think sometimes if we don't ever face those, those things, but, what, but my heart was just to highlight the fact that this can be really challenging and really scary, yes. really scary. Yes. I remember Mark Rutland, he was a president at ORU for a season, and he shared a story. He he was sexually abused when he was a young man, and he he started to do counseling. And as the counselor started to approach that area, Dr. Rutland had a strong emotional response and said, if you start to dig around there, you're not going to like what you find. You know, there there is a monster <laughs> hidden inside of me that is going to be, you know, awoken or awakened, you know, we've got, we've all got those things. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've got to have the help of trusted spiritual friends and fathers and mothers and counselors. Once the Lord starts to expose 
these hurts in our hearts. I think I had a misconception thinking, okay, I'll just get good at this. And then, and then things will just be a lot easier and I'll have a lot of peace. Cause that's really how I felt like the first month, but now I'm beginning to understand. It's really like an onion. It's like layers. God wants to go deeper and deeper and you know, it's right, but there's still something in you that wants to resist. Mm. You can fall back into, well, I've, I've dealt with it this way for so long, but you know, he wants to take you deeper in it. And it's really oh, a decision to say, okay, let's, let's deal with that, that demon or that monster. And it mm-hmm. is going to be painful and it is going to be scary. Um, but I want you enough, Jesus, that I'm going to lay this down. Many times with our own shame and guilt is that that is the way that we have learned to cope with our own brokenness. And so for the Lord to heal us of that, he's got to be able to expose it and, and drain the, drain the sore that is painful. And so I think many times when I would sit in contemplation, even now, and I'll have continual continually regular emotions, um, whether it's anger or frustration or anxiety. Um, and then it becomes, okay, so I see this again today, this time. Um, what are you trying to say, Lord? Um, and really it is that aspect of going, okay, how do I get through the process of celebrate recovery or theophostic or sozos or whatever it is to be able to say, I need help because these are continue. I can't just ignore them away or put them in the river and let them float away because they're continuing to come to the surface of my mind. I heard, I heard a story, Alan Emerson. He's a, he's a leader, a church leader in Northern Ireland, probably 24 seven prayer. He married a, you know, his, his sweetheart. And I think it was just a year or so into marriage. She got a tumor and she died. And so Alan Emerson, uh, I've heard him tell this story of, he, he just, he just knew, he just knew after this happened, either I'm going to curl into a ball and I'm just going to waste away or me and Jesus are going to have to face this deep pain that I have in my heart. And, and, and he, and his testimony after this experience, he shared of just moments of being over so overcome by grief that he said, your body just starts to make noises and you're crying and you're just so much going on. He said, after this experience, Alan said, there is no place, there's no place of darkness that you can go where, where Jesus has not already been and will not find you. And I think that that is the the promise, the gospel promise we have that there is no place of shame, or anxiety, or or despair that you can find yourself in as you start to sit with your real self. That Jesus has not already been and will not meet you with the power of the gospel to bring hope and healing. We've got to know that if we're going to really go here. Yeah, got to believe that. Well, and and in the long run the relief we feel is actually a side benefit. It's not the point of being with Jesus. The point of being with Jesus is being with Jesus. They start to realize, so you'd say, you know, like you said, Cindy, the onion, I'm always going to have stuff that needs working on, but um, that's not the point. The point is Jesus just wants to be with me. And then, Oh, he's changing me. 
He's healing me. Uh, yeah. It is definitely a process of healing and transformation. And I think also just a you know, general piece of advice from every mystic ama and ava that you read, they'll tell you in this practice of contemplation, they'll tell you, I'm just a beginner. Mm-hmm. I'm just a beginner. We're all just beginners. Well, a couple of questions here that I'll just pass along um, that we'll address. Um, one, uh, we'll, we'll talking about that just being a beginner. One, one of our attenders says, um, sometimes I feel like I hear the Lord, but how do I know for sure it's him? Sometimes I feel like it's my imagination. Uh, anyone want to address that? always say welcome you're in good company um i think the the process of i think even the differential between the two of my voice and the lord's voice um saint john of the cross would suggest that that as we become more and more in tune with the holy spirit we become more one with him and our voices become more and more similar so that um the difference between the two are very um just slightly different um, and so, but, but what I found is, is to act upon those voices, um, sometimes even getting it wrong is a better teacher than getting it right. Because then I said, okay, this is my emotion that was talking to me, or this is my really deep desire of what I want. Um, and not really getting past my own self desire to get into the, the, uh, to, to sit with the listen with the Lord. Um, and so many times I'll, I'll act upon those and, and, and through failure, many times we'll, we'll start to differentiate easier than through success with that. That's awesome. And I think, you know, just some, some real basic things too. Um, just, is it biblical? Um, have you talked to your small group leader about that? You know, your spiritual director, your counselor, your pastor, you know, run that you can run it by different people. Um, but there's definitely, a power in a discernment of what comes across your consciousness. In other words, you discerning what you're thinking and you'd be surprised how quickly the Holy spirit will let you know, this is you, this is demonic. This is your emotions. These are, this is your ego. And this is me. And that's one of the, exciting things about practicing this kind of a discipline is because you will be able to, like Matt says, discern more clearly. Satan doesn't like that. He does not want you to know clearly what the Holy Spirit's telling you. He does not. So don't, don't be afraid to use your community on that. And, and I, I would just jump in there. That, that's where just regular exposure to scripture is helpful because we know God has already spoken to us. And so we, we kind of get a pretty good idea as we just kind of get used to it that, you know, Jesus wouldn't say something like that, but he would say something like this, you know, why? Because we already read that. And, and, uh, and so and so that really, I find, helps. It's like, yeah, Jesus has that accent. 
Jesus has that accent when he talks, an accent of forgiveness or joy or whatever it is. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so, yeah, just a second when Mike said that having those sense of thoughts coming in, it's not the only way we have to learn what God is saying, but we can, uh, look at the scriptures, test it with the others who we trust and, uh, discern there. But I, I like what Matt says too, though. Part of it is failing forward, um, of just test it. And, and I think in some ways that's the playful game that God wants to do with us. He wants, he wants to teach us what he sounds like. And it's a joyful thing, you know, um, it's not like here, I got everything just perfectly right all the time. And that's just a miserable way to live. That's not the way God's made life for us. Um, so yeah, John or Cindy, you got any comments on that about hearing God? Feel like he kind of leads me through peace we, we may have to walk through a rough jungle to get there but it's like the peace i i'm anticipating the peace and then i arrive at the peace when when it's him leading me when it's my own emotions no it's often the complete opposite i just say that if it's god's voice it will i believe it'll always be hopeful and redemptive mm-hmm. Right. So even if it's corrective, it's hopeful. Exactly. God, if you're hopeful. Yeah. If, if you're hearing, I can't believe you did that and there's no hope for you. Yeah. Uh, that's just clearly not the Lord. Everything, everything the Lord is doing, every, every action the Lord has towards you will be redemptive and will lead to hope. Will be hopeful. And I love that as we, as I spend more time with the Lord, I start to, I use humor many times to, to teach because it's memorable. And many times, even my own missing of the Lord, I hear the Lord's humor back to me. It's like, oh, how'd that work for you? And I'm like, <laughs> well, clearly, and I hear that same hopefulness that, that Jonathan, when you talk about is the yeah, that's, that's your best attempt, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me just trying. And yeah, I can't do that well, but there's always that, that level of, come on, we'll try it again. Let's try it. Let's, let's, let's give it another go. Um, I'm still with you. I care deeply about you. Um, it's beautiful. One other rule of thumb is God is never scared. God is never anxious. So if the voice you're hearing is an anxious voice. It's not the Lord. Well, I'm going to shift uh, along these lines. Then that was just the general idea of hearing God. Then there's been a couple questions posed by Jerry Lout, really good ones where um, Mike, one of the things you talked about, you know, is that this listening to God discipline is, is, uh, is just one of many of connecting with the Lord. And so Jerry's question has to do is how, how, how do we, how do we know what, how, you know, what discipline God is wanting to engage with us in and, you know, um, what are the official practices? I'm I'm teeing you up here. Uh, yeah. So jump in on that guys. Oh, Mike Eddins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the the more I walk with the Lord, the less official ones there are. 
<laughs> they're not, there's no official ones. They're just, they just all start running together. But, um, but I think the most important thing is, is you'll know, like Cindy's saying, the, the Holy Spirit's drawing her into it. Uh, you'll have a, you'll have a deep desire to read the scriptures, to be in, in worship, to, um, to pray. Uh, often when, whenever I tell Ron, I say, all right, Ron, I'm, I got to go for a walk. She's like, is everything okay? Cause she knows when I'm going for a walk, that means the Holy spirit wants to talk to me. <laughs> She's got that figured out. So is everything okay? And, and I'll just, well, no, not really. We got some things to work on, but he's calling me to a walk. And, um, I think uh, the other thing too, is really being in community and, and, you know, you bounce these ideas of, well, I think that I need to, do this now or that now with people that you trust and, and, uh, and get, get that. And it's, um, I mean, it's a nuance, but I think the, the other thing too, is when you do something that you've always done and you don't hear God tell you that he loves you and that he forgives you and that he's walking with you, you don't know that presence, then you probably ought to stop doing that one time to move on to something else. And you may just have to just try a bunch of them just to try. And, um, and then to see where the, where the Holy Spirit's going to meet you. Because what I've found is even in the shame, guilt, pain, anger that he's, or the stress or the, whatever I'm walking through, um, I know he's there even in the midst of that. And it, it just, it just takes practice. And, and remember, we're, we're all just beginners. That's so encouraging. Um, uh, well, I'll just say, we're probably going to go for about 13 more minutes since that'll put us at three thirty. So if anybody has any other um, questions, please put them in the Q and a, we'd love to address those. Um, uh, for the panelists here, guys, anything that's popped into your mind that would be helpful to address in, in these different questions and in this discussion that we could hopefully serve our friends with? When, when I think I shared on the Sunday when we were talking, when this was all new, I really, I really felt like it was the Lord saying, Cindy, I really want to invite you more into an abundant life with me, inviting you into more things and stuff like that. And I realize now as I've hit some challenges or like things have gotten a little more challenging, I kind of backed up from that and said, God, but is that really what you're doing? And so I think it's important to realize that we, you know, this can go really well. And then you can hit a wall where you kind of question the whole thing all over again. And is this really what I'm supposed to do? Is this really worth it? Because this is painful and this is expensive. What would you guys say about that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Me, there's no going back. I once you you taste enough of the Lord and Him speaking to you and walking through the dark places. I I don't I don't know what else I'd do. 
Yeah. There's a, I think there is a point at which where Jesus invites us out of a recreational spirituality that we try to use to better our lives. Um, and instead says, do you actually want to follow me? Do you actually want uh, to be the, want me to be the center thing in your life? And there's no other way than for it to be expensive. There is no other way. And Jesus was pretty clear about that. You know, the invitation's huge and gracious. And he says, but take up your cross and follow me. Cross means take up your electric chair. Take up your lethal injection. <laughs> me. Um, the shame and the death of it. But he also says, whoever wants to have a life and insists on holding on to it, you're going to lose it. Yeah. You're going to lose it. And we see that in the headlines every day, don't we? Uh, but if you're willing to lose your life for my sake, you'll actually have a life. Um, and so there, I, I think we have multiple times that we realize, wait, am I crazy for doing this? Am I crazy? Except for, uh, as Mike said, I've tasted something that I'm jumping, I'm jumping in, forget it. Uh, I've tasted this Jesus. Um, and whether people think I'm crazy or not, I don't care anymore. Um, but I think we get we get new precipices to jump off of over time. John, you're going to say something there. Yeah, Larry Crabb talks about two paths in the church. One, I decide what I want, and I'm going to try to manipulate God to help me get it. Or I decide, God, I want you, and I'm going to allow you to leverage my entire life to give you myself. Those are the those are the two paths. Wow. And one of them doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Which one though? <laughs> the, the, the manipulate God one doesn't work. I know. <laughs> I'm just making sure you knew. <laughs> I am God. I will not be manipulated, I think is is what he says. That's good. So, you know, a thought that came to me, Cindy, I, I mentioned this in the second service. Talk to like, especially if we have future viewership. Talk to the mom mm-hmm. who's being crawled over by children, has no free space ever. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does one engage in some of this pause stuff in that kind of environment? Yeah. Oh, it's such a challenging one, isn't it? You're in like this beautifully overwhelming season where there's no quiet and you so need the peace of Jesus to get you through the day. I would say create the environment to the best of your ability. I remember being in that season with three little kids and thinking, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And the Lord really speaking to me, you've got to find the joy in the mundane right now. Mm. You've got to reach, reach out to me and experience me in all of the mundane activities with your children in this, in this day. And, um, so when I say create the environment, I say, you know, if you if you have on the TV worship music or have worship music in the background or things that are inviting your your children into the presence as you're experiencing him, you'll have little moments. Mm. You'll have little moments where you'll see him, where he'll grab you and hold you or when he'll reveal himself to your kids. And how beautiful is that? But I would say every day just 
Lord, how can I create the environment in my home today to meet you? How, Mm. what can I do? Because I need you. (laughs) I need you to be the mom that I can be for my kids, to model this for my kids. So as they grow up, they'll know how to access you. You know, it's giving them that gift while we're also receiving that gift. That's so good. I remember being frustrated when my kids would interrupt my prayer time. Right. And it occurred to me eventually that maybe that's exactly what God wants. Right. Me to connect with God and them to think it's normal to do so. And it doesn't have to be this perfect, you know, flowery experience. Matt, you were going to say something. Yeah, I, I think it's those moments where to have an idea of centering uh, contemplative prayer for an hour is is a fallacy sometimes. To be able to love to be able to do that, but it's a fallacy. And then I love even when we talked about it after our week of saying let let's shoot for five minutes. But for some, that's even that's a, a luxury. And so I think there is those moments where you're walking from one meeting to the next, or you're pausing, having thirty seconds, or even five seconds, or even in I think of your discussion about when you're in some difficult meetings where you're just under your breath engaging that same contemplative space you're still talking you're still listening but you're engaging the the solitude of heart but not of solitude of space and so you can be in a chaotic space of saying lord i just i welcome your presence here uh the one question that i've asked the lord many times is lord would you reveal yourself to me in this situation and i want to see you here now and it's almost been some some kind of a game sometimes of going, okay, I don't see how you can be anywhere a part of this at all. But Lord, would you reveal yourself to me here? And he does. It's it's baffling to me that he is in every component of every part of my life. And I just need to become more aware of him. So love that. Show me where you're at, God. That's awesome. I think, you know, I think what it does is is it it begins to break down the um, secular and sacred. It, it, we, you know, we've done it. This is the way we did it in the past. I am in a holy place now. I'm in a sacred place. And then now I got to go out and do all of this, that, my day, my, my responsibilities. And as that wall just crumbles, we, we discover that it's all sacred. It doesn't matter what we do matter what job we have or doesn't it doesn't matter it's all sacred we can find jesus in that i love that there's that scripture about the glory of god filling the earth and that we somehow get to participate in that right i i believe that what the us learning to be with jesus like this there can be offices across tulsa where the presence of Jesus is invited. Mm. We offer, you know, you know, school rooms, you name it. Um, and the glory of God starts to show up, uh, not just because of our experience, because of the transformed person we become in that environment, um, being the presence of Jesus. So, well, I, I think it'd be really nice to finish with some prayer so that, um, uh, anyone uh, who's first of all on the video at the moment, and then also those who watch in the future, we can just invite the Lord's um, help uh, for any and all of us who are seeking to connect with Jesus more deeply and, and curious about this pause thing. Um, 
let's just ask Jesus to help. Um, so if what if we, we could do this, um, maybe a few of us could just pray as we feel moved by the Spirit, and then um, and then uh, uh, Mike, will you will you wrap us up as a as a as the final prayer after we've done that? So I'll just start us and say, Father, thank you that you are the seeking Father. Uh, anybody who's watching this, we think we initiated this, but you're the one chasing us down. And so, Lord, as we as you're playing hide and seek, if you will, with us, we say, here we are, come and find us. And will you take us into your heart through the merit of Jesus and by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just want to pray for those and myself who have um, experienced failure at this recently. That has really been trying and just had times where it just, it's just hard and you felt like a failure. Lord, would you rescue us from ourselves, rescue us from our thought of failure and shame and guilt. Remind us who we are. Father, would you gather us back on your lap and hold us close and tell us the truth, I pray. Lord Jesus, we anoint ourselves as bearers of your light, carriers of your presence. We receive your Holy Spirit, and your presence to go and lead us and guide us and just walk with us in the mundane. Mm-hmm. I thank you that you, there's no sacred and secular with your, you, Lord. It's all your engagement. And so we invite your presence into every component of our life. The things that we're proud of, the things that are that are humiliating to us and shameful to us. Lord, we invite you in that we might be just continuous harbingers of your presence. Um, Lord, we thank you that, that you love us and that you just want to hang out with us and that as you draw us closer to you, you will heal us. You will transform us. You will empower us to do what you have called us to do. And Lord, Help us to always remember that you're the main thing and that us being in fellowship with you into eternity is who we are and what we're all about. And help us with this one discipline, Lord. Help us to engage in it 
so that we can be agents for you in this hurting and fallen world so that we are not manipulated by fear and guilt and shame and that we're not manipulated by false gods and power and money but that we walk with you and i pray that people would see that and that um you prepare us to receive them in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Friends, thank you for making time this afternoon and for all of our attenders and watchers. Thank you for being part of this. And thanks. Thanks for just joining us as we, we're stumbling forward. We're all stumbling. We're all beginners just stumbling forward, trying to help one another uh, stay close to Jesus. And know that also on our website, there's some more resources. We've got some books um, that you can see on there that would address these very things. Um, and also, please, if, if you want to get connected with some spiritual direction or things like that, uh, we're available. And so just uh, contact the Believer's Church office and say, hey, watch this video. I'd like to talk to somebody more about this. We're in. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go as far as you want to go. Um, so we love you guys and may God's grace be upon you all uh, here this afternoon. Uh, yeah, bless you. Yeah.